My week would be best explained by this quote. It's not the valleys in life that bother me, it's the dips. Now, I, I wish I could show you the poster. When I was a freshman in college at Moody Bible Institute, I decided that I just didn't want to have a plain dorm room, so I went down to the bookstore, and I bought a Garfield poster. And in this poster, you see Garfield, and he is looking at, like, a whole bunch of mice that he's chasing and he has one in each hand and he sees a third one and he's trying to decide what to do. And, uh, and I think that each one of us have this kind of experience sometime where we deal with the dips in life. I, I had one of those dips on Monday. Um, it, on my birthday, which is March 23rd, Nancy and I went shopping for the first time, uh, after the pause and, uh, being, the people that we are, I went into my shop and I found two slightly used uh, masks and uh, I we wore those for our shopping. I had never shopped before in a mask and after we got done shopping, Nancy, and we were in front of Price Shopper, Nancy said, I really would like to take a picture of this for my scrapbooking. So we took a picture and I said, go ahead and send it to me and I posted it online. Nothing was really ever said about it until last Monday when somebody got online and was very frustrated that I was wearing that level of a mask. Um, and uh, so I just apologized and I said, explained it. But there was just this general frustration they felt to the point that if you went looking for that post, I pulled it. Because although these people wouldn't explain who they were, they were just very angry. And I think that that's true of some people right now. I, I think that some people are really angry. And, and I took this quote from Garfield, and that's how I felt about them for a couple days. And still, I started to really think about it. And I realized something. First of all, I realized that I, I didn't have to be afraid. God had always promised that he'd take care of me. More, but more, I realized that some people, that's how they felt today. And that's how they felt on that day. They felt that somebody, even though they just pulled something out of their shop, that they were doing something wrong because they should have donated that to health workers or they were trying to be proud and show some kind of swagger by having a mask that nobody else had. Now, that wasn't my heart at all. But that's how they felt. This week, I've been really touched by a lot of different feelings. On Friday, when uh, Governor Como said that schools would be closed till the end of the school year, I deeply felt that. I, I felt for my relational daughter, who loves her students and may never physically see them again this year. I, I felt for parents who probably knew that day was coming. Uh, one of our friends, Vanessa, did a beautiful post on, on Facebook about just the different feelings that went along with that. And I felt what parents felt. I realized that that was a signal to lots of other people that the pause was not over. And so I, I felt for my friends that own businesses in this community and in other places, I I, I hurt for those people who are out of work in the state of New York and still haven't received a single unemployment benefit.
I, I heard for people that looked at even their stimulus check and realized that in light of their real needs, that maybe that wasn't going to be enough. And I felt just a lot of different emotions this week. And so the longer I thought about these things as I was getting ready to preach, I, I talked to the Lord and I just said, what do you want me to talk about this week? And he, he said that it, he wanted me to stay in red letters, but that we needed to jump somewhere else today. And so um, we're going to take a look at a different passage. And I think this passage is important because I think that sometimes in the midst of an experience like this, we begin thinking that even in the midst of our emotion, that God is really far away. And as we go through some things that would be normal outside of this pause, inside of these pause, it's just magnified with the reality of what we're dealing with. And so I, I thought of a story from Jesus' life as I watched Vanessa talk about her experience. And I realized that Jesus would enter into that experience. And I was pulled immediately into John chapter 11. So I know that some of you have your Bibles opened or a Bible near you and you're ready to be in John chapter 6, um, in Matthew chapter 6, but we're going to be in John chapter 11. And, and let me just kind of set the background because I'm not going to read the whole passage. Um, we're going to pick it up when, when, when Jesus Christ enters into the lives of the main characters of this. But in the beginning of John chapter 11, it explains that Jesus Christ receives a message that one of his friends whom he loved, the brother of Mary and Martha, was sick. And at the beginning of the chapter, it's all about Jesus Christ explaining that, that the sickness was about his glory. It wasn't just about someone dying. And uh, his disciples don't completely understand what's going on. You see, Jesus Christ had just most recently been gone gone through a confrontation with with the religious leaders in Judea, which would have been the religious leaders in Jerusalem, where they tried to stone him to death. And the idea that Jesus Christ all of a sudden says, "We need to go to Judea because Lazarus is sleeping," um, they're like not really excited about going there. But then he has to be more frank and say, "Lazarus isn't sleeping; he's dead." And and, and we need to go there. And one of the disciples, Thomas, who's also called Didymus, says, okay, we'll go with you, but we're all going to experience a bad end because you're going to be way too close. Because see, Lazarus and his brother and sister lived in a village only two miles from Jerusalem. But Jesus explained, hey... Uh, we're going exactly where we're supposed to go, and we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. And so <clears throat> we're going to pick up the story when Jesus is now with the family, or he's running into the family, and we're going to take a look at his experience. So if you're with me, let's start in John chapter 11, and we're going to be starting in verse 20. And we're going to be talking about his encounter with Martha. Now, we know Martha from, from before. Martha is the one that explained 
that at another time that they spend time with Jesus, that Mary should be helping with the cooking. Martha's a doer. And so she's the first one. She hears that Jesus is coming. And when she hears that he is coming, it goes on and says, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now, the interesting thing is, is that when they sent the messenger to Jesus, that Lazarus was sick, by the time the messenger got to Jesus, Lazarus is already dead. Lazarus has been dead for four days. He's in the tomb. We'll, we'll take a little look on that a little longer. But this is what Jesus says in response to Mary. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Now, we know the end of the story, so we know what's going to happen. But Martha is in the middle of the story, and so she doesn't know exactly what's going to happen. So she responds in a way that Martha would respond. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. You know, and, and I, I, you know, even sometimes when I go and I know that the person that has passed away is a believer, I will say to the person, you know, he's going to be with us on the day of resurrection. But Jesus Christ was saying something different to Martha. And so he goes on and he says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And read on here, and this is what he said. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus Christ was taking a concept that they understood that there was going to be a resurrection at the end of time, and he was pushing it forward to that day. We need to remember that Jesus Christ is a resurrection and the life, not because of what's going to happen when we die someday, but what is taking place in our lives today. <clears throat> there are some of you, maybe watching this stream, who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the reality is, is that there is something that's taken place in you. There is a spiritual reality that you're dealing with right now. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are spiritually dead. That's what your sin does to you. That's what my sin does to me. It caused us to be spiritually dead. Romans 3.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And so that's our experience. We are dead because of our sin. But Jesus Christ says in the present, this is what he was explaining to her, that we can have new life today, and even though we die, we're going to live. That's the hope of the future, but that hope is today. Some of us who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ today need to be revived because we're spiritually dead and God wants to give us new life. That's what the cross is all about. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But the reality is, is that one of the hardest things for us to imagine is that we're spiritually dead. You know, <clears throat> there was a movie called Pirates of the Caribbean. And in the first movie, there was this interesting concept that when the light came out, you could see that the crew on the pirate ship was dead. And all you saw was their skeletons. 
I'm telling you that when the light of Jesus Christ comes into our lives and around us, we realize that we are spiritually dead and that we need life. Maybe that's where you're at today. And your hope is is struggling today because of COVID and everything that's going on. Because this pause in your life has helped you realize that there's something amiss. I'm going to tell you that the issue isn't financial. The issue isn't social. The issue today is spiritual. And you need to deal what's going on in your spiritual life. And you need to ask the resurrection and life, Jesus Christ, to be your Savior so that you can have a relationship with God and no longer be spiritually dead. I think that one of the things that's happening because of the pause is we're realizing that there has to be more or something else about life. This is a reset. I'm hoping that it becomes a spiritual reset for you. Well, as we read on in the dialogue... Jesus looked at her and said, do you believe this? Now, that's my question to you today. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he is the Savior of the world? Have you acted on that belief by asking him to be your personal Savior? That was Martha's encounter with Jesus. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And we have to believe that Jesus Christ is exactly who he said he was, that he's the son of God who died for us. Roman, uh, John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life, spiritual life. That's what we want for you today. That's what Martha had to understand. See, resurrection wasn't just about something that's going to happen in the future. Resurrection is something that can take place today. That's the point of Martha's encounter. The Martha encounter moved resurrection to the present. But there's two other encounters in this passage. Now, when Mary came to Jesus, she saw him and she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, this is interesting because this is almost exactly what Mary said, Martha said. Um, One of the commentators said that they must have thought about this a lot and been disappointed that Jesus wasn't there. If only Jesus would hear, this would have never happened. And so the words are almost the same because they had rehearsed between the two of them this reality in their lives. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Now, the next verse, which is verse 35, is the shortest verse in the Bible. A lot of us who went to vacation Bible school would memorize that verse because we could get credit for it and get candy. But I think that we overlook what, ha- what is said here. That when Jesus Christ looked at the crowd that came with Mary, when Mary got up, Martha quietly went to her and said, the master here, the teacher is here. And so she quietly got up. And when everybody saw her get up, all of the other people who had been mourning thought that she was probably going to the grave. And they thought they were going to go with her to the grave to have some kind of a whale session with her. You, we are very stoic 
in the, in the United States with how we celebrate the death and funerals. But in the Middle East, they openly wail. They actually will sometimes rent people to help them cry and wail. It's a very loud emotional experience. When Jesus saw Mary come with the other people and she listened, he listened to the wailing, it says that he was deeply troubled or he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Now, these words in the way they translate don't explain all of what's going on here. I think the, the living um, translation explains it a little better. It says, a deep anger welled up in him and he was deeply troubled. You see, the last enemy that Jesus was going to fight on the cross was death. And so here he was, and he was reminded about what the consequences of sin was doing around him. You know, you look around us, and you, we, we take a look at COVID, and COVID's like a new virus, but we, we have all these theories about where it came from. But the reality is, in this broken world that we live in, the consequence of our sin didn't just break our relationship with God, but the consequence of sin is it broke the whole world. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, you're going to see the whole world experience things that it had never experienced before because of the rebellion of Adam and Eve to sin. And so he was deeply troubled and he was angry. Now, you know, the, the, this is interesting because these are some of the emotions that some of the of us go along with and we experience in, in grief. And, you know, when I thought about this weekend, I, I thought of the, 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 the unique pastoral picture of Jesus weeping with us. And that's what the next verse tells us that he did. But there was something greater going on. Jesus Christ at this moment would have been physically, you could have seen all of the experience that Jesus was having, and he was deeply bothered. You know, who would have ever thought that a virus would spring up somehow, we don't know for sure how, in the middle of a country way across the sea, and it would cause the whole world to pause. Every time that Trump gets up and speaks, he says over 184 countries are touched by the COVID virus. Who would have thought that our communities would shut down the way they would? I, I was driving, driving down Main Street and I was thinking about the Clark family. Who would have thought that a virus would cause us to not be able to go to the movies? I, I, I drove further down the street and I, I saw some of my friends with their retail shop. Who would have thought that a virus would keep us from buying clothes? A virus would keep us from going to restaurants. A virus would shut down a, a skating rinks and sporting activities. Who would have thought that a virus would cause the largest parking lot right outside the convention center here to only have one or two cars in it? The consequences of this are great. And I think that Jesus Christ at that moment, when he thought about them wailing over this death, and he thought that death was the consequence of sin, and he thought of all the consequences that were going on, he was deeply troubled and, and highly moved. He was angry. If you go back to John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, 
the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that they have life and have it to the full. Jesus Christ wants to return us to Eden and all the joy and splendor that was paradise. But here we live outside of Eden, dealing with the consequence of sin. I, I don't want you to in any way see this next verse. It's just a small little, oh, Jesus patted him on the back. And he says, I, I'm sorry. No, there was a deep troubling that was on his spirit at this time. And he said to him, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. Hmm. Lord, come and see. Uh, one of the commentaries explained that this was exactly the same invitation that Jesus Christ gave at his very first miracle at the wedding. He gave the invitation to people to come and see. And now people are giving him the invitation to come and see the consequence and deep... Uh, anguish that sin causes and this is when jesus responds by weeping you know there are going to be moments during covid where we start dealing with the consequences of all that this means of the, all the pause means and it's going to cause us to be deeply troubled there are people that are angry right now. They're, they're protesting, saying, give us our freedom back. There are people that are so angry that they will pick a random person they have never met before on the internet and yell at them for wearing a mask. There's all kinds of anger going on. But we need to understand God's heart in all this. God is here and God is concerned and God is saddened by the reality of what he had to allow to happen when he created each one of us with the ability to either embrace him or reject him. And when Jesus looked at the consequences on that day to a family that he loved, he realized and felt not just the grief they were feeling, but a grief so much larger than even they understood. But there's one more encounter in this passage. See, Martha's encounter moved resurrection to the present. And Mary's encounter revealed Jesus' grief and anger over sin's impact. Uh, before we get to the last encounter, it's, it's interesting that there's always commentary, isn't there? So here's the crowd. So the Jews said, so how, see how he loved him? But then some said, could not he have opened the eyes of the, could he not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? You know, there's always somebody on the side sniping and, 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 and having an opinion. We shouldn't be surprised by that. I'm sorry that in my spirit, I was as surprised as I was by what I experienced on Facebook on Monday. I was indignant. Don't they know who I am? Blah, 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 blah. The reality is there's always somebody that's sniping on the outside of life. 
not understanding all that's happening on the inside. And the biggest person that is always sniped is God himself. And I want to tell you that God is not far away and God is not uncaring at this moment. God is about doing something bigger than we can imagine. And God is going to use this in some way that is unbelievable to all of us. But he has not changed and COVID does not change who God is. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is present. He cares. He protects he brings peace. That is the God that we know and love. Here's Lazarus' experience. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave. A stone <laughs> laid against it. So basically, <coughs> his grave is probably a little bit like Jesus' grave. And Jesus is deeply moved at this point. I think that's so important for you to know. God's emotive. God enters into the moments of life. Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, Lazarus had been dead for four days. They didn't embalm back then. It was a desert climate. He was inside an enclosed place with the stone sealing it, there was a reason you put a stone on the front of a gravesite Because of the stench that would take place there. And Martha, being the person she is, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you, if you believe, you would see the glory of God? <laughs> So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, you know, I think that all of us want to see the glory of God. I think that that's the thing that we need to be praying about even during COVID. God, how do we give you glory and how are you going to glorify yourselves in the midst of this pandemic? I think that there are ways that God has already done that. When we were told the number of people that were going to die versus the number of people that have died, I think that part of it has been people's willing to pause, but I also think it's also the mighty hand of God that has been holding back all that could take place at this time. But listen to Jesus' prayer. I, I love this prayer. It says this, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you will always hear me. Jesus is speaking with confidence to his father. God, you know what we've been talking about. And, and I know that you'll always hear me. I think these are verses, you know, Silas, if you're out there, these are verses you should underline in your Bible. I thank you that you hear me, and I know that you'll always hear me. Uh, that's something that we need to remind ourselves of over and over again. And he says, but I said on this account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus saying, I'm not saying this for the sake of our relationship. I, I'm saying this for the sake of the other people that are around. You know, dads, I think that one of the reasons we need to pray out loud isn't because we don't talk to God about the things for our family, but I think our family needs to hear what we have to say. As pastor, one of the reasons I pray out loud during these services is because, not because I haven't prayed all these things somewhere else, but I think you need to hear what I am saying to God 
on behalf of all of us. And after he says this, he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out. His hands and feet were bound with linen stripes, and his face was wrapped with, with a mask. No, no, a cloth. And Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. Think about that for a second. Think about what Jesus Christ was saying to the resurrected man. Unbind him and let him go. Uh, that's the same message that God has for each one of us who is a believer in Jesus Christ. When we are experiencing resurrection, resurrection has a present today experience for each one of us and it wants to unbind us and and free us from the sin that is around us that's what romans chapter six through eight is all about it's all about this reality of how we are bound and dead in our sin and we're brought to new life you see lazarus experience is this Lazarus' encounter describes Christ's hope for resurrection to affect on, on our personal conversion. God wants us to be unbound and let go. You know, some of you are new to the faith in here, okay? You have been walking with Jesus maybe a little while. And you need to understand that God is in the process of taking all that was old about you, that's what Corinthians and Ephesians talk about, and giving you a new life, unbounding you. I, I like what um, one author said in a book where he said, today is the beginning of me becoming all that I'm supposed to be in Jesus Christ. God wants us to be unbound. God wants us to be changed forever. So, Think about what Jesus Christ was saying to Martha at the beginning. And, and think about this message for yourself today. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Uh, I, I felt like today you needed to understand something. God is with us in this experience. God's with us in the emotions of this experience. I love this passage that gives us a little bit more of a picture of how deeply emotive Jesus Christ was. Because I think that sometimes we get this picture of Jesus Christ who's stoically going around with his hands in the air and saying, Be healed and behold. But Jesus Christ felt things deeply. It's okay that some days you're a little frustrated. It's okay that some days if you listen to the updates, you're, you're frustrated you can't go back to work or you're finding homeschooling a little hard or the fact that you can't go out and eat is frustrating to you. It's okay that you become overly conscious of the fact that every time you enter into the store, you should wear a mask and you can only go one way down the street of each one of the aisles and there's a person coming the other way and it's like they're oblivious to the sign and, or they're not wearing a mask and there's all of these different emotions that we are feeling. But even in the middle of COVID-19, even in the middle of the pause, God is resurrection and God is life. 
Let's pray. Dear God, first I pray for those people who have not experienced resurrection and life from you. Uh, they believe in God and yet they haven't believed and asked you to be their personal savior. So even though they feel like they're living life, spiritually they're dead. I pray for them today. And I pray that they would come to a personal realization that they need you to be their personal resurrection in life. That they need you to be their personal savior. That they need to realize that they are dead in their sin and in their rebellion and in their selfishness and in their unwillingness to follow even the simplest of your laws. And so God, today I pray that they would cry out to you and ask you to be their personal savior. God, that it would be more than the formula of a simple sinner's prayer, but it'd be in the reality of the person that heard that prayer and saved them. God, I pray that today they would pray a prayer where they'd admit that they're a sinner, they'd ask you to be their savior, and they thank you for this resurrected life that they have. I pray for those of us who are in the faith that we will seek to experience all that resurrected life has for us, that we won't allow ourselves to be continually bound in the sin that you already died for, that we won't be going through life in mummy form, barely able to move like a Lazarus before the cloths were removed from him as he experienced resurrected life. That we'd understand, God, that resurrected life begins now. It's not a later thing, but resurrection and life for us as spiritual beings begins now. Oh, we thank you for the hope of heaven. We thank you for the reality that's in front of us. But today we celebrate the fact that that new life begins now. God, your word makes it clear that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And we want to experience all that life has for us. And so we thank you for the cross. And we thank you for all that you've done for us. And we pray that we can have the Martha experience of understanding that resurrection is now. We pray that we would have the Mary experience of understanding how deeply you enter into the emotion of each day. And we pray, God, that we, like Lazarus, would experience the before final death resurrected life that you have for us here and now. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, the resurrection and life. Amen. So, today is a special day. It's the beginning of the month. And so, because it's the beginning of the month, uh, it's Communion Sunday. And so, we uh, reached out to you beforehand and even posted a message at the beginning of this live stream for you to get elements. Now, let me explain to you that Communion is not a casual snack that you take place during a meal. Communion is a sacred experience for those that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've not entered into that world yet, this snack or this moment is not for you. This is a exclusive experience for those who are living the resurrected life. 
But if you are living that resurrected life, wherever you're at, I encourage you to enter into this experience. And the way we enter into this experience is through self-examination. And so I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Um, this is going to be different than when we're all here because I can't tell if you're all ready. So I'm going to give you a little time uh, to get yourselves ready. So as we take of the elements together today, your hearts are ready. So take this next couple moments and prepare your hearts as I grab my elements and we can partake of this together. In scripture, we find out that probably one of the final straws for the religious leaders who struggled with Jesus to decide that he needed to be put to death was the resurrection of Lazarus. This event that took place. And it ushers us almost immediately over the next couple weeks right into the, the final week of Christ's life. The night before Jesus Christ was to go to the cross. If you read in Luke 22, it says that he gathered the disciples together for a, for the Passover meal, which was the yearly kind of like 4th of July experience of them remembering the last plague of the Exodus and uh, how God passed over their houses as long as there was blood on the doorposts. And uh, he saved the firstborn. And he sent them on the journey, if you read through Exodus and into that, that helped them form and become the nation of Israel. But this meal, it says in Luke chapter 22, that he longed to celebrate in that meal because he basically said, this is going to be the last time until I return that I do that. And in the middle of that meal, he took the elements that were the Passover elements and he gave them new meaning. He, he took the bread and he, he broke it and he said, this is uh, my body, which is broken for you. And they had no idea what that meant. But we do. We know that Jesus Christ hung on the cross and he took on the punishment for all of our sins. And that his body was broken so that we could experience resurrected life and healing. So as we take of the bread today, remember that it was Christ's brokenness that brings our healing. Do this in remembrance of him.
he took one of the wine chalices that was a part of the Passover experience and he raised it to them. And he said, this, this is the new covenant in my blood. Now, they understood the idea that blood was the reason that they were passed over. And they understood that, that blood was sacrificed to cover their sin. But they didn't understand what Jesus Christ was going to do when he became the Lamb of God. His blood was going to wash away their sins. We live, I don't know why we don't live in resurrection better because Christ washed away our sins. And yet we put on the cloaks of the old life over and over again instead of taking on the new life that he has for us. But today, this is a reminder of the new life that we have today because of the blood of Jesus Christ that washed away our sin. Let's celebrate that new life together. Dear, dear Jesus, thank you for being the resurrection and the life. Thank you for being the one that brought spiritual life to us. We celebrate your death, but more importantly, we celebrate your resurrection. Teach us to live resurrected lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. So, um, just a couple things as we close today. Um, I think we need to plan on coming back together. Um, and uh, I watched a, a webinar to help us think about some of the details on that. And we're starting to think through some of the details. But I think one of the most important details is that we want people coming back here to be an incredibly humanly comforting and inviting experience. And so we've talked about something in the past, and I know that some of you have specifically talked about wanting to do this, but I'm looking for a whole group of people that will become a part of a regular rotation as we have a ministry of human connection called greeting and caring for people as they show up here. If that has been on your heart for some time, um, in the comments or send me an email as we start forming this team um, I have one or two people um, that I think would make great leaders for this team, but we want to make sure that when people come here, they know they are personally loved by real human people from the parking lot all the way to the sanctuary. So that's something that needs to take place. There's a whole bunch of other things that need to take place, but for sure, that's one of the things that needs to take place. There are going to be a lot of other details. We obviously don't have the green light yet. Um, but we are looking forward to the time when we can come back together. So we're going to plan for that time. And one of the pieces in planning is that. If you have other questions about what wh your concerns or how are we going to do things, um, please send us an email. Um, don't put that in the comments. And I want to get it all together so we can work through the details of this reopening. But we're not going to pause forever. And I'm thankful for that. We're not going to be rebellious in this, but we certainly are looking forward to the day that we get the green light to come back together. Um, the prayer list continues to be populated, which is exciting to me. I want to tell you about a couple things that are kind of neat um, that have taken place. Uh, we got uh, um, and and uh, I just lost my words. We we got a Facebook message from Julia this week. 
And all it said is, praise God, it's raining. Now, part of the reason that it's raining is that we prayed for rain for them. And so I, I just think it's really neat that that's taken place. We, we continue to hear that Angela's doing well. Um, uh, she's almost at the end of chemo and just has some radiation left. They're, they're saying that things are going well and might, they, they might be able to shorten that, which we, we would be excited about. Um, we're thankful for her sister that's coming and helping out with her and uh, all that, but just continue to be praying for her, her. and uh, um, if you feel touched to maybe help give them a gas card or something, you know that you can drop that on our porch and we'll send that right on to them. Uh, there are just so many of you that are, are, are busy in this paused existence and I just pray for your steadfastness and that you take care of one another and please know that we're here and that we are praying for you. And if there's anything we can do, we would love to do that. So let's just lift this moment in prayer. Dear God, we pray for our, first of all, as New Yorkers, because as some states are even already beginning to open this week, we realize that because of our connection to New York City and being one of the most populated states, it's going to take a little longer. We pray for patience in that. We pray for wisdom in our leaders. We pray for our community as uh, there is definitely an impact economically and emotionally that comes along with being paused. And we pray, God, for steadfastness. And we thank you for that special peace that we as believers can have. And we pray that you can be the God of all comfort to all people at this time. God, we thank you for the rain that's come to Honduras. And we pray, God, that you would fill up those cisterns and those those water tanks and that, that the idea of having water would be an easier process for people. We pray not just for this country, but for every country as they go through this process of figuring out how to best take care of their people. And God, we pray that you would show unique miracles in the lives of many. We pray, God, that we would respond well to even people that don't agree with us and and uh, are like the crowd that was sniping Jesus at the graveside of Lazarus. And Lord, show us how to respond well. Help us to see into the hearts of people. Help us to be deeply moved like Christ was and, and know how to balance the anger and frustration that comes along with this day. God, we raise it to you. This is not an easy time. We had plans and now we can't fulfill those plans. And so we just pray for your peace and your wisdom. God, I pray for the kids that are out there. Um, I pray that you would give them a special grace as mom and dad teach them and help them. Uh, I pray for the ki those that might be graduating this year in high school and in college. And God, I pray that there would be a way that you would take care of them. We pray especially for our college graduates, Lord, that you would provide work in this, this different time where so many are unemployed. God, help them in this transition they're coming to. God, help us to love each other in our homes. Help us to take care of each other. I pray that you would continue to give us special moments, that we can make special memories, and that, God, you could be a big part of the pause and that our lives wouldn't reflect pausing from you as we have paused from other things. So, God, I thank you how you take care of us. I thank you for the wisdom that you give us, and I pray that you would continue to guide us. We turn to you, O resurrection and life, to have life even in the pause. We love you. We pray all these things in your name. 
Amen. It has been good to be in church with you. Um, I, I appreciate your faithfulness. Many of you are giving online or through mail, and we appreciate that. Many of you are reaching out to us as we're seeking to reach out to you. Thank you for letting us be a church family together, even in the middle of COVID-19. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Have a good day. Yeah. I need to...